are you currently renting or are you on the fence of potentially buying? This calculator is going to help you make that decision a whole lot easier. Tune in. Welcome everyone to another edition of my weekly Tuesday tip. This time is going to be an exercise where we actually look at the numbers when it comes to owning versus when it comes to renting. Even if you're in a rent controlled situation, a lot of people think, oh, just because I have cheap rent means I don't need to ever buy and doesn't make sense to buy. So I want to go over that today in great detail. So I'm actually going to be doing a live exercise with using a spreadsheet calculator that I've created, and I'll be sharing it with my audience so that you can do your own calculator to see if it makes sense for you. For the most part, especially here in the Bay Area, if you plan to live here at least for several years, it's almost a no-brainer to do it. And it's not the calculation of, okay, does your rent uh, ratio is not the same as mortgage. I mean, if it was, then that's even a no, even a bigger no-brainer. But there's also a lot of other math equations that you need to consider when you do it and determine if it's right for you. However, before we get started, if you're a renter, a real estate investor, or know anyone thinking about buying or selling a house here in the Bay Area, please reach out. Love to have a conversation, go over your options, and then we can see what's the best option and what's what's the best route for you. Without further ado, let's jump right into it. So like any calculation, you want to look at the first is the subject property. So you can start doing an analysis based off of that. I found just a random one on Redfin, a two-bedroom condo here in Santa Clara. Uh, Two-bed, two-bath, 1,100 square foot. So pretty sizable. As you can see, it's in okay condition. I mean, it's it's I would actually I'd say it's pretty good condition. It's not completely modern, but it certainly doesn't require much work. This particular property has an HOA of 509. You can use this for any property. So it doesn't matter. It could be a single family, townhome, condo. It's entirely up to you. But for this exercise, we're going to be looking at this subject property in Santa Clara, which is a very good location. $509 HOA, price point of $638,000. So let's plot that information in. So in terms of real estate taxes, the typical tax, just as a high level benchmark, we'll put it's about 1.25% of the purchase price. We went about to put property insurance for condos. It is less than a house uh, just because there's way less maintenance to worry about and take care of. So I put in an equation of $1,000 a year, put in the HOA amount here. So that is calculated. So from a monthly expense perspective between real estate taxes, so it's property tax, property insurance, and HOA fees, you're looking at around $1,300. The next line item is I have the purchase price itself. I just put that in. And so here's where you have various different variables where you can consider. So I'm going to put down as low as you can possibly go, which is basically 3.5% down. You'll see that down payment is only $23,800 to be able to be able to buy this property. It'll have the loan amount that gets automatically calculated. We put in just a, an acquisition cost so that there is something there in terms of loan fees. A healthy estimate is about 1%. This can change depending on the county, uh, but I would say plus or minus around 1%. It's, it's pretty close to there. We are assuming something that's at a 30-year fix, which is a higher amount than some of the other options you actually do have. So for example, if you went with an adjustable rate mortgage, those rates will actually be lower than a 30-year fix, but let's just be very conservative. A 30-year fix for a 3.5% 3, 3 down is about 3.5%, 3 
Some can get even lower, but at least this gives you a rough estimate as to the entry level of even getting into an area like Santa Clara, which is still considered a very good area. So add the total cost together in, in terms of initial down payment and closing costs. So you know what you need to factor in, in terms of overall cost of buying such a property. And automatically is calculated is related to the monthly mortgage payment of this type of uh, this kind of loan. So you'll be expecting about $2,946 a month in terms of your monthly mortgage payments. Now, the, when you go down to a certain dollar amount, and there's various variations of how this can be done, but typically under 10% or 15%, there may be this option or this area that's required, which is called uh, mortgage insurance that is issued by the government. So that is something to consider. So as something as low as three and a half percent, the mortgage insurance is typically relative to the loan amount. So in this case, we put it at, uh, let's assume it's 1% of the loan amount. So it's about $546 per month from a loan payment perspective. Now, the higher you go up in down payment, the lower this would be, or it can be erased altogether. But in this case, I wanna be as conservative as possible so that you can see all the monthly payments involved. So if I add everything together, your annual uh, amount that you pay is about 57,000. Now, the reason why I actually have this value here is what, what happens if you were to rent? Now, when you buy, your, there is a relative cost, which is what you would have been paying anyways to rent in either the same area or something similar to that property. So it's not like, uh, oh, I'm, all of a sudden I'm paying $58,000. Now it's it's all wasted. No, it's a difference because you would have been paying the $2,800 a month anyways. So that would have been a total of over $30,000 I think actually about almost $34,000, $35,000 a year just in rent that went to nowhere. I mean, basically went to a landlord. And so something you need to also put in and factor in because it is a relative cost. Now, rent also does not stay stagnant typically over the years. So you do need to put in some uh, variable that it will increase. And just be honest with yourself. If it's increased by 10%, write something close to that. If it's been zero, write zero. I'll let you decide that. But for the most parts, just like houses have appreciated over a long period, rent has certainly appreciated as well. So put in a number there. Now, the biggest mistake a lot of people make when thinking about their property analysis, especially in the Bay Area, is assuming that there is no appreciation at all. Like thinking that, so thinking of, well, I, I just want a cash flowing property here in the Bay Area. There's a reason why the Bay Area doesn't cash flow is because the growth of rent is slower than the growth of the appreciation. And it's always been that way, at least in the if you're looking at the first year. Now, over time, it may cash flow because your mortgage is, is flat, yet rent continues to increase much faster than other areas. But it's the wrong fundamental calculation that, that you are doing. An example that I bring up all the time with a lot of my clients is think about the different stock options that you have out there. Think about if you want to invest in Netflix or versus investing in Procter & Gamble, both great companies respectively. But if you were doing a fundamental analysis of cash flow, so what it's not Netflix or Amazon are not cash flowing uh, you know, stocks, and I factor it from based off of their uh, calculations of what their cash flow would be, then you would have actually missed a huge boat. Uh, and a huge ride because that wasn't how you calculated that type of uh, stock at all. You missed it altogether. 
So it's the same equation where depending on the area, you should factor in appreciation. Now, you don't have to factor in as to what the average has been over the years. You can be conservative, but you also can't say there is no appreciation. Otherwise, nobody would be buying here. So, right. So it's very important to understand like you can you need to put something there. It doesn't have to be the average amount over the years, which in the Bay Area, the average over the last 30 to 40 years is five to six percent annually on average, including all recessions. So that's why in this case, I put four percent. I mean, if you want to be conservative, put three percent, which is half of the average. You're already being extremely conservative when you're looking at that number. So I, that's why I wanted to point that out because the fundamental way you calculate it will be different and every area will be different. So for example, if you're buying in Texas, you should be even lower than that. If you're buying in the Midwest, you may even factor in zero, if not negative over a long period. So every area you need to factor that differently and be conservative. Like I'm being conservative here. If the average over a long period is five to 6%, 4% or 3%, is fairly conservative. That's why I wrote that here. So you can see the type of returns that you get because in uh, Santa Clara, a two bedroom place, it would be about $2,800 easily all day long. And so you can see the first year, even if you're to sell it, you will be at a loss, of course, because you're going to be paying fees and, and you're not factoring the appreciation. There's not much appreciation that has increased that quickly, especially when we're using conservative amount. Look at the second year, you it'll get better. Now you're still technically losing money if you had to sell it, but it's getting better. And then see what happens over the third, fourth, and fifth year. The, the terms of returns just picks up significantly, especially in this case when you're using something that low, 3.5% down. Now the math equation of the payoff would be longer if you had the fortunate opportunity to potentially just live with your parents, right? So you're able to save more money. So if I change that math, let's say in that case, you know, let's put it at $0. You can see the time horizon for you to get your, for it to pay off will be longer because you didn't, your relative was a lot lower. Now, granted, you may want to contribute and help with your family by paying rent and things like that to help them. But nevertheless, it was, you know, you, you yourself were able to save money and your relative cost is different, but you can still see after about four years, it still becomes worthwhile in terms of returns and it continues to increase from, from there. And so this is why I bring this up is because a lot of people fall into the trap to, to think, oh, it's just easier to pay rent or I'm in a rent controlled uh, apartment. So I never want to leave this. It doesn't make sense. So even if you're in a rent control apartment, let's say your rent control apartment was a two bedroom uh, for $2,000. You can still see after three, four years, you would have still missed out tremendously on the on the run up. So there's several aspects there where over a long period, especially if you're able to hold it onto a property, people that are own homeowners tend to do extremely well in the Bay Area. And so the other question that I'll get asked is, now you look at these returns, you're like, oh my God, Spencer, how is it so high? How are these returns always look so high? It's because you are leveraged in the sense that you put very little down. But you can be conservative. Let's say you just put a standard 20% down. So this is why the beauty of this math equation is here. I'll put 20% down. Because you're putting such a high amount, you actually will have no more PMI. So that it changes to zero. And you can see the returns are just as good, even if you're in a rent-controlled place. So let's just change this back to not being in rent-controlled. 
And you can see the returns is actually even better and even faster. And the actual ROI will be a lot less because you have more uh, money into the property itself. The other aspects is actually your, your interest rate would probably actually be lower. So I would say it's closer to 3.25%, which actually ultimately helps you because the more money you put down, the lower your interest rate would be. So this gives you an idea about um, a lot of people that are renting and they're making the mistake, especially the ones that are thinking, let's just wait another year, wait another year. The challenge, especially here is they may wait another year and you may be right where potentially the market may go down. But if you're wrong, then it's another X percent higher than than where you would have been. At the same time, you've already lost all that money that you're paying for rent. So that's something very important to understand. The last thing I wanna bring up is this does not include any of the tax benefits. So I made it very simple because everybody has a different tax situation. You always wanna confirm with your CPA related to that. But this, this doesn't even include any of the tax benefits of owning where you can deduct mortgage interest along with property tax. So I hope this was a helpful exercise you know, I'm trying, I try to do these uh, studies so that you can visually see it for yourself because this is just pure numbers. Uh, and we're just based off of a conservative average increase over, over the years. The Bay Area actually has increased about 9 to 10% a year since the last 10 years. So it gives you an idea like the people that had a rent control situation from before really missed, missed a huge ride. And, and they keep looking back and they say, hey, look, well, I'm still paying you know, X dollar amount in rent. Well, that's great, but you clearly missed uh, a huge run up uh, altogether. It's never too late because over a long period, the market does very well. And the last thing I'll conclude with this, we don't know, and you definitely do not know when the market may turn. It may never turn. It may turn a little bit. You, you don't know if it's if it was two years ago because it did go down then and it already picked back up. Is it next year? Is it five years later? Nobody knows. And that's why I do this exercise is because it's important to understand there is some factor over a long period. No different than the stock market. If you look at the stock market, it's the same result over a long period. There are increases about six to 7% if you track the S&P for a long period. Now, every day may go up and down. Every year may go up and down. It's out of your control. And the thing is, as long as you're not forced to sell, so I tell all my clients this, it's not about timing the market, it's about being conservative. So if you are more pessimistic, it doesn't mean you should just not buy, it means you should buy something within your means and have reserves. If you're very conservative, have three months reserves where you can fully pay for everything even if you lose your job. If you want to be even more conservative, do six months, do a year. I mean, there's a math calculation for everybody where they have a huge buffer. Because the biggest thing is, especially if you're not in the market, as in you're a renter, if you are wrong, the market will keep going up, which is what it will, it will do. And it'll be harder and you'll be further away from buying than you were before. And so that's the, the renter's dilemma when it comes to the Bay Area marketplace. So I just wanted to be very transparent. This is why I'm a homeowner. A lot of people that I, I share with should know this. So you felt this exercise was very helpful. Please let me know in the comments below. I'm happy to give you other thoughts as well, but share this with other friends that are renters or they're kind of on the fence. This should hopefully, if they were mathematical and they understand numbers, they can see over a long period, it really isn't about timing. It's about getting in the game. So you have skin in the game. At the same time, it's also about being conservative in the sense of having reserves.
So if something did happen, like you lose your job, you'll be able to easily pay that out and find a new job over X amount of months. If you're really conservative, just extend that reserve period. But it's not about timing. Timing is where people really make the mistake, just like the stock market. You can't really time the market. Uh, otherwise, you know everybody will be filthy rich if it was that easy to time the stock or the real estate market. Well, I hope this was helpful. Um, like I said, it was a really good exercise for me to do to be able to see it. And then I can show this with the audience. If you know of anybody considering to buy or sell, let me know. Happy to be a resource. Other than that, we will see you at the next one. Bye now. Hey, podcast world. Thank you so much for your support. I do post at least three shows a week. If you like the content, please leave a five-star review, smash that subscribe button, and share it with your friends. Looking forward to have you back at the next one. Bye now.